there are different kinds of angels. Seraphim around the throne, saying, holy, holy, holy. Cherubims, and uh, they all equate to cabinet ministers and other ministers of God's government. They have warring angels like Michael, messenger angels like Gabriel. So tonight we're going to take a look at, as we go into our lesson, what submitting to authority is. And an answer to that question, what if your authority well, is not good? You know, it's not a godly authority. What do you do? We're going to go over that too. So again, tonight is Christians and the state. Romans 13.1, if we could get that put up there. 13.1 and 2. We're going to read that together tonight. Romans chapter 13, verse 1 and 2. Let every person be subject to the governing authorities, for there is no authority except from God, and those that exist have been instituted by God. In verse 2, Therefore, whoever resists the authorities resists what God has appointed, and those who resist will incur what? Judgment. Again, that's an important statement. And we're going to go into what happens when that authority is not of God. That'll, that'll come up here. Okay, question one. When you look at verses 13, 1 and 2, and then also uh, verse 1 especially, uh, chapter 12, verse 19 through 21. Chapter 12, 19 through 21. Let's look at that. Beloved, Never avenge yourselves. Here's another tough one. But leave it to the wrath of God, for it is written, Vengeance is mine, I will repay, says the Lord. To the contrary, if your enemy is hungry, feed him. If he is thirsty, give him something to drink. For by so doing, you will heap burning coals on his head. Verse 21. Do not... Be overcome by evil. But what? Overcome evil with good. Important verses. Question one. What connection do you find between Paul's instruction in chapter 12, 19 through 21 and 13, verse 1? Where is the connection between Paul's instructions there? Anybody? Somebody got an answer? Quiet tonight. Okay, Leif. <laughs> what you got, buddy? Uh, Sir? Authority. Yeah. Submission to whose authority? Uh, every person. Pardon? Every person. every person. Let God handle it, right? Yeah. And submission to God-given authority. Amen? Okay, okay number two. What words or phrases in verse 1 indicate the extent of Paul's admonition? What's the extent of what Paul is telling people to do there? Verse 1. Let every person be subject to the governing authorities, for there is no authority except from God, and those that exist have been instituted by God. The question then is, what connection do you find between Paul's instructions in 13 verse 1 and 19 through 21? What connection is there? Well, we did that one. Yeah, I'm, 
he said submission to God's authority. Yeah, okay. it, it is, uh, God, God's word is his authority. Amen. Written out. Written out. Amen. Two, okay, question two. What words or phrases in verse one again indicate the extent of Paul's admonition? He admonished, some, admonished us to be subject to the governing authorities. To what extent? Who did that include? Pardon? Oh, yeah, God, but who need to be in subjection? What is he saying? What's Paul saying there? Every person. Amen. Every person. B, that's a part B there. How would this verse also be instructive to those who actually hold such authority? Yes, sir. Um, how would this verse also be instructive to those who hold such authority? Is to to know um, that if you have authority, it's God established, and when you when you wield that authority, you wield it knowing that that authority has been imputed to you mm -hmm. by God. Okay. So you should be a steward of it. It should yes. be to a lord over people or to be tyrannical. Mm -hmm. But it should be to govern because you're 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 working for God. You're not right. working for yourself. Amen, Pastor. Okay, number three. Summarize the relationship between God and civil authority. How do you summarize that? The relationship between God and our civil authorities. Who hasn't that? Okay, Pat, huh? Oh, okay. Well, basically, any authority, any authority that has been established has God's backing, or it's been authorized okay. by God. Okay. Because God is a God of order. Right. And uh, so all authorities, and, you know, think about it. Uh, communist countries, is God behind uh, Putin? <laughs> that's, that's the good question. Is God behind a dictator? That's another good question. We got now, it doesn't mean <laughs> that, the, that their behavior is approved of by God. Right. But the authority to run that nation. That's a good point. Now, if, the, if the Bible's true, then, then God backs the authority. He doesn't yeah. back the, uh, the wickedness. Right. Uh, or the abuse of that power. Yep. But God, God has granted that authority because he's the one who grants all authority. Yes. That's, and that's something tough to untangle there, though. Yeah, just an answer to that. Just for a second, I want to skip over to question seven. Under what circumstances does a Christian have the right and duty to disobey civil authority? And can we get Psalms 2, verse 1 through 3 up here? Praise God. Psalm 2, verse 1 through 3. Rage and the people's plot in vain. 
the kings of the earth set themselves, and the rulers take counsel together against the Lord and against his anointed, saying, Let us burst their bonds apart and cast away their cords from us. Now let's go over to Acts for just a second. Acts chapter 5, 27 through 29. And when they had brought them, they set them before the council and the high priest and questioned them, saying, We strictly charge you not to teach in the name, yet here you have filled Jerusalem with your teaching, and you intend to bring this man's blood upon us. Wow. But Peter and the apostles answered, We must obey God rather than man. Amen. Now that brings us back to that question again about submitting to authority. What if the authority is not of God? And Brother Dave mentioned some good points. Yes, sir. Well, Brother Arnold, what you have to do is you have to look at the root of the authority. Mm -hmm. Like if, say, I send one of my children to do something, and they tell, and the other kid shucks their you're like, I'm not doing that. Well, they're not disobeying the child. They're disobeying me. But at the same time, if I tell my child to do something, and then they go give a message other than what I gave, they're, that, they're not under that authority. And all authority is given to God. So if authority books God, that authority therein becomes illegitimate. Yeah. Amen. It, it's <laughs> null and void because you have raised up against the giver of it. Yeah. So you are saying I'm God, not him, and you'll end up like Nebuchadnezzar eating grass for green. <laughs> well, look at Hitler back then, back in the 30s and 40s. Mm -hmm. Prime example, huh? Okay, let's go back to five. I just wanted to make a point because Brother Dave brought up a good, a good subject. What attributes of God does Paul strongly apply in Romans 13, 1 through 4? Can we bring that one up? Sorry about that. Romans 13, 1 through 4. Let every person be subject to the governing authorities, for there is no authority except from God, and those that exist have been instituted by God. That's pretty plain, folks. <laughs> That's a plain scripture there. It says, Therefore, whoever resists authorities resists what, what God, God has appointed. appointed. And those who resist will incur judgment. Amen. And, and for rulers are not a terror to good conduct, but to bad. Who which you have no fear of the one who is in authority, and then do what is good, then you will receive his approval. Amen. For so, he is God's servant for your good. But if you do wrong, be afraid, for he does not fear the sword in vain. <laughs> for he is the servant of God, an avenger who carries out the God's wrath on the wrongdoers. Whoa. <laughs> so again, what attributes of God does Paul strongly imply? Hmm. Again, what? God has what? Wrath. Uh, yeah, he's authority a stat. Yes, yes, sir. Authority. Wrath. Which then what does Paul suggest in question six as the most common reason to fear authority? What is the most common reason to fear authority. To good. Pardon? To good. Wow. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> do good, do what is good. Yeah. Not what is evil. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Uh, uh, judgment. 
judgment. So, yeah. Amen. With the sword. So. Yeah. Brother Ernie? Yes, sir. Um, that's a, a thought in today's culture because youth and people in my generation, we're always taught to buck authority. Yeah, I, that's true. And, and, we're, and it wasn't just us, it was the flower children and, mm -hmm. and everybody back. back and every exactly. generation wants to buck the generation before yep. them, not realizing that when you buck that authority, Exactly. God put an order in place uh, for a certain reason. And people don't realize sometimes who was the ultimate bucker of God's authority? Yeah. Satan. Mm -hmm. <laughs> he invented it. He invented it. <laughs> Him and one third of the angels invented it. Amen. Again, seven again. Under what circumstances a Christian have the right and duty to disobey civil authority? If what? If they're against what? God. Against God and his his the way he set up our authority. Brother Ernie? Yes. Uh, that, that brings up a, a can of worms too. Yeah, it does. <laughs> so uh, uh, what if the government comes out with a law that uh, churches have to hire uh, a pastor uh, and they, they can't look at their moral lifestyle? Yeah. And that's that's happening too. And that's a tough one. As a matter of fact, uh, I read an article today, and there was an article the Supreme Court upheld a ruling of the Catholic Church because it was their right to fire somebody. One of their counselors was married to the same gender person. Oh and boy. they wanted them to keep it, and they're like, no, this is the church, and the church has the right to have its morals and standards. But when I started reading the comments, it hurt my heart to see that people can't see that the church has its, its guidelines and its mm -hmm. rules and things like that, and that people get angry, and they want to make laws, and they try to make you accept what God doesn't accept and know. I mean, how many churches accept abortion? How many churches accept calling people by pronouns that aren't theirs? Or yeah. calling people things that aren't theirs because it's culturally acceptable. And that's when God is calling us to stand up and say, no, we won't do it. But, I mean, you don't have to be like Westboro Baptist Church and just obnoxious and, and angry. <laughs> but that's people say, well, this is why people leave the church. You know why people leave the church? Because there aren't any real churches left that will stand on truth. There you and go. Say, this is the truth. We'll suffer the consequences. Yep. Well, our church here stands on the truth. I can verify that one. <laughs> Amen, brother. Okay. And what purpose is the government intended to serve? What is the government really intended to serve? What purpose? Who's got that one? Whose purpose is it? God's, isn't it? Huh? Yeah, that makes sense, doesn't it? What purpose? God's purpose and his authority. Okay, Romans 13, verse 5 through 7. Let's read that together. Romans 13, 5 through 7. Therefore, one must be in subjection, 
not only to avoid God's wrath, that's a good purpose, but also for the sake of conscience. Because of this, you also pay taxes. Whoops. Attending to this very thing. Pay to all what is owed to them. Taxes to whom taxes are owed. Revenue to whom revenue is owed. Respect to whom respect is owed. And honor to whom honor is owed. Wow. I got a question. What is it? Okay. You see bumper stickers and you see people on TV saying the four letter word Trump or same thing to Biden. You know, yeah. like, uh, you know, cursing, basically cursing them. Mm-hmm. If it's not your political party, is it okay to uh, badmouth the other guy? No. <laughs> it's not. You're not supposed to. You pray for them. You don't necessarily accept what they're trying to push out. Okay. It, can you, uh, can you, can you, post stuff on Facebook that's uh, really derogatory toward the, the other Whoa. president? <laughs> that's a good one. Romans 13, 5 through 7. Did we look at that yet? Romans 13, 5 through 7. Therefore, one must be in subjection, not only to avoid God's wrath, whoa, but also for the sake of conscious sex. For because of this, you also pay taxes for the authorities of God attending to this very thing. Look at that, folks. That's a, it's a good one. Taxes. <laughs> I have two. <laughs> Join the club. 
you know. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. What is the motivation behind each of the following reasons to submit to authority? Fear. What's the answer to that? Fear. Oh, I'm sorry. Okay. What is? Um, I just said the fear of consequence and repercussions for your actions, because obviously no one wants to go to jail for disobeying <laughs> yeah. what the authorities have set in yeah. place. So it's the fear of judgment. Fear to whom fear is due. Welcome, buddy. New guy. <laughs> oh, hi. How you doing? What's your name? Huh? Caleb. God bless you, buddy. Don't pick on your dad. <laughs> All right. Uh, B on that says conscious. What is the motivation behind conscious to submit to authority? What's the reason behind that? That's a tough one. Yes, ma'am. Yeah. Yeah. Submitting to conscience for conscience' sake, right? Amen, sister. That's, that's good. What does First Peter? Here's another one back here. First Peter two eleven through sixteen. How does that add to our understanding of submission to authorities? That's another hard one, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Yeah. For this is the will of God that by doing good you should put silence the ignorance of foolish people. Live as people who are free, not using your freedom as a cover up for evil, but as living as servants of God. Praise God. Wow, isn't that something? Praise God. You look at the absence of uh, submitting to authority that's in our own nation. Look at what happened with the police. People are rebelling against the cops and shooting them and this, that, and the other. That's not good. But we've got such a wild country right now that they don't want to, a lot of people don't want to submit to anything. Authority, yes, ma'am. <laughs> yeah. Oh my, oh my goodness. But they locked him up. So, you know, it's getting where people are afraid yeah. to submit because it's 
don't know what they're going to end up doing to them. Right. And he hadn't done anything but try to get his car so unlocked. There's a lot of confusion. There's a lot of right. disrespect mm -hmm. because they're not seeing any respect anywhere else. So they think it's okay to do this, that, and the other. You know, uh, smashing grabs, all that kind of stuff. Because we do see police abuse. Yeah. Um, yeah, we pray for our police, and we do uphold our police. But that doesn't mean when we uphold our police. I think we, we get to the point where we, we, we're too polarized. We can't say we love the police and we're grateful for police without saying there's a lot of dirty cops out there that do a lot of dirty things. Yeah. And it's unjust and unrighteous and yeah. unright. That's they right. They discriminate. They do all sorts of things. And you can say both things can be true at the same time. And so you can honor, and that speaks to our culture today, where we can both honor the authority of police officers, yeah. but at the same time, use our rights to object to non-godly treatment. Mm -hmm. And so that's where you have to get to that point once again, where my allegiance to God is one place, and my allegiance to the government is another. And this is, in, this is one of the most important lessons for us in Christianity today, because <laughs> every day, this is God, this is our government, and they're going further and further, and further, yes, and sir. further apart. And at some point in time, you're going to have to make a choice. Mm -hmm. Which one you want to choose to follow? Are you going to let them tell you what to do? Are you going to let the Bible tell you what to do? And when you do what the Bible tells you to do, there'll be consequences. Yeah. And, and <coughs> last thing, and I'll be quiet, you see how God deals with when you don't obey authority, it's pride. Yeah. That's what it is. It's That's pride. What it is. You think you know better than the person that, that is leading you, therefore you should. You know what? I've been smarter than the many people that have led me, but they still have the authority. <laughs> so I had to follow it. <laughs> and I think about what God did to Satan. Satan didn't open his mouth. The Bible says Satan thought to himself, <laughs> I set my throne above the high of the Almighty wow. and up to the highest hill. And by the time he could get the thought out, he was gone. <laughs> that's how much tolerance God has for disobedience. Yeah. Old Satan, how, how you cast down like sun in the morning. Before he could even get it out of his mouth, good. I think I, I think I could do this. I think I could do this. But bow. Bow, he's gone. <laughs> yeah. One third of the angels. That's yeah. A, that's... He didn't tolerate. I know we, uh, in special forces, they always accused us of being nomads. We really weren't. We had authority. We had a team leader, company commander. And sometimes we take off one o'clock in the morning and not tell anybody where we're going. But that was still, we were subject to authority. And that kind of thing uh, hits you sometimes when you're in whatever position you're in. Even in the doggone biker world, they have a president that they are under his authority and be it right or wrong, they're a lot better at it than some of us sometimes because they will do what he, says when he says it amen okay verse uh question 11 according to verse, verse six, six. Of, sir oh okay according to verse six <laughs> whom do public officials serve and how should this affect us hmm who do they serve? public officials who do they serve? And how does it affect us as Christians? 
got a thought on that, anybody? Minister of God. Minister of God. Yeah. Even though they could be an atheist. <laughs> they're still serving God. So Amen. Still, that's, that's the authority. Yes. That's the chain of command. From the next verse after that, verse 7. Where was it? Okay. Yeah, Romans. Uh, yeah, okay. Pay all. Is owed to them. Taxes to whom taxes are owed. To whom revenue is owed. Now the last part of that, respect to whom respect is owed, honor to whom honor, that also applies in the church. When you have a pastor, again. I go back to that point. He's the authority in the church that you're in. And uh, not to, and it's not going out and talking behind their back and saying, well, I don't think this pastor is good at this, that, or the other. What are you doing then? You're coming against God's authority. In that case, you go to the pastor and say, I need to talk to you, pastor. I don't agree with this, that, or the other, or whatever. But you don't talk against your leadership. That was true in the military, too. You got caught doing that in the military. Ouch. Okay, let's go to Romans uh, 13, verses 8 through 10. Owe no one anything except to love, love each other. Oh, that's a good one. That still means owe nobody anything. You just <laughs> you pay your bills. <laughs> yep. <laughs> For the commandments: you shall not commit adultery, you shall not murder, you shall not steal, you shall not covet. Commandment are summed up in this word: love your neighbor as yourself. Now, if we're really loving one another and loving our neighbors ourselves, all that other stuff isn't going to affect you. If you're loving your neighbor as yourself, you're loving your husband, your wife, then you're not going to go out and commit adultery, right? You're not going to steal. Love does no wrong to a neighbor. Therefore, love is the fulfilling of the law. What is he saying to us there? It's important to love one another. Yeah. Sometimes we need to revisit that in the church over and over again. For years, there's certain doctrines in the church that have taught them everything's about self. Take your Bible and confess it, you're going to get it. And that caused people to kind of go away from caring for one another because they were too busy trying to build their own bank account, right? So it's important to love one another. Okay, uh, for further study, verse 15, or question 15, Exodus 20, 1 through 17. Yeah. Exodus 20. And God spoke all these words saying. Yep. Yeah. You shall have 
Yep. You shall not make for yourself a card image or any likeness or anything that is in heaven above or that is in earth beneath or that is in the water under the water. You shall not bow down to them or serve them, for I, the Lord your God, am jealous God, visiting the iniquity of the fathers on the children to the third and fourth generation of those who hate me. Mm. That's a good one. Remember the Sabbath day to keep it holy. Six days you shall labor and do all your work. But the seventh day is the Sabbath to the Lord your God. On it you shall not do any work, you or your son or your daughter, or your male servant or your female servant or your livestock or the sojourner who is within your gates. For in six days the Lord made heaven and earth, the sea, all that is in them and rested on the seventh day. Therefore the Lord blessed the Sabbath and made it holy. holy. Honor your father and your mother that your days may be long in the land that the Lord God has given you. Wow, that's a good one there. You shall not murder. You shall not commit adultery. You shall not steal. You shall not bear false witness against your neighbor. You shall not covet your neighbor's house shall not covet your neighbor's wife or his male servant or his female servant or his ox or his donkey or anything that is your neighbor's. Well, that's pretty plain. <laughs> Don't covet what your neighbor has. Mm-hmm. You see that some of that going on too, Ron. <laughs> yep, right. Wow. Okay, Romans 13 Let's go back there. Romans 13, verse 8 through 10. Romans 13, 8 through 10? Yeah, Romans 13, 8 through 10. Praise God. Oh, no one anything except to love each other. For the one who loves another has fulfilled the law. For the commandments, you shall not commit adultery, you shall not murder, So it's saying there in verse uh, 10, owe nothing to anyone. Why? Because it's a good Christian witness. As a Christian, it's kind of, it would be embarrassing to have bill collectors following you all over the place or repossessing your car or anything like that. So it's a Christian witness. You know, hey, he's a Christian. He just got his car repossessed. Not good. Yeah, same thing. Now sometimes people get sick and they, they get hurt or something or something's out of their control and they got bad credit, but sometimes it's because of bad choices. Yeah, it is. Right. Um, Mine's uh, kind of similar. Uh, what if you borrow your brother's lawnmower and that piece of crap just breaks down? 
Whose liability is it? Uh, we did that, didn't we? <laughs> and if yeah. you, if you, uh, if your brother, you, you see his grass is high, and uh, you say, "Hey, brother, you can borrow my lawnmower," and that piece of crap breaks down, <laughs> whose liability is it? That's a good question. Still, Who? Yeah. Who is it? You're using it. Yeah, that's right. And we all know there's been some doctrines out there that teach money and teach what you have or what you can use your Bible to get, and it's wrong. It's just wrong. Yeah, we've taken covetousness. Yeah. And this is what I hear preachers. I live in this side of mansion, and I do this, and I got this house. Then it makes it bad for the preachers, <laughs> the average preacher, who they sure ain't got no money. Now nobody wants to give because this idiot, I mean, this pastor over here. <laughs> Praise God. Yep. And you come to Jesus to get what the, what, what the pastor has. You need to come to Jesus and let God get you whatever he has to give. Yeah. And that has messed up a lot of people, too. Mm-hmm. Because they thought, well, he's got this. I need to have that. Yeah. And that's cutting God out of the whole picture. And you don't know what they're doing to him. Right. Okay, Romans 13, 11 through the last section here. Romans 13, 11 through 14. Besides this, you know know the time that the hour hour has has come come for you to wake wake from sleep. sleep. For salvation is nearer to us now than when we first believed. The night is far gone, the day is at hand. So let us cast off the works of darkness and put on the armor of light. Let us walk properly as in the daytime, not in orgies and drunkenness, not in sexual morality and sensuality, not in quarreling and jealousy, but put on the Lord Jesus Christ and make no provision for the flesh to gratify its desires. Praise God. You know how important that is for us? He's telling us right there, you don't know the de- the hour is late, the days are late, but he's saying, don't take time for all the other stuff. Submit to God. Trust Jesus. And he'll take care of the rest. If we get to a point as Christians, God knows we have needs and we pray about our needs. But sometimes you need to put that on the shelf and praise the Lord and pray for your neighbor and minister and witness to others. Because the day is late. He said the hour is late. And I believe it is. So 
we need to concentrate on Jesus, on our family, on our church, on our neighbors. Mm -hmm. We should concentrate. You know, the way things are now, we pray that God will fill every seat in this house. And he can do it. People who need the Lord, there's all kinds. Christians who need the Lord. Christians who've been hurt and are uh, depressed. Christians go through depression. I'll tell you that right now. It happens. So God wants to be available and make himself available. And he wants us to be ready to give him an answer, to pray with him. Praise God. Romans 13, verse 11. Got one more here. Praise God. Isn't it true? Salvation is near to all of us. You know, right around the corner. Yes. Uh, it might, because uh, it says, for salvation is nearer to us now than when we first believed. Uh, we need to distinguish what kind of salvation that is. Yeah. Because <laughs> uh, there's basically three levels of salvation. Uh -huh. Justification, yep. that's, when, that's already passed because yep. we've already been justified. And then there's sanctification, which is ongoing. We're, we're continually being uh, sanctified. sanctified. This is talking about the, the third stage of salvation, which is glorification. Uh -huh. This is when we're changed from immortal. So, right. so he's looking to the future. He's look, it's almost time for the Lord to come back because... 2,000 years ago, they were just like we are. They were waiting for the Lord to come back in mm -hmm. time. Yeah, they were. So, you know, it's, it's, it's saying, you know, take stock of what time it is. Because, yeah. you know, even if the Lord doesn't come back uh, with his angels today, he could come back for us. For us individually. Individually right. today. Amen. So, you know, whatever the case you know, we need to behave as if he's going to come back for the, us. We're in the last hour. Amen, brother. That's the truth. Well, pastor, I think we're out of time. We had only a couple more left, so. What number we on, pastor? 17. Mm-hmm. We can do those last three. You want me to? Okay. We have a couple minutes. All right. Okay. Okay, number 17, we just looked at that, Romans 13, 11. How does God's word emphasize the urgency of living as he commands? And like Brother Dave just said, put on the Lord Jesus Christ and make no provisions for the flesh. Wow, there's a tough one. Don't make any provisions for the flesh, we'll have a battle with it. Don't leave an open door for Satan. Sometimes... You leave an open door, he likes to come right in there and bring all his trash with him. 18, verse 18. How are we to behave in the view of the time? And he just said that. Amen. Putting on the Lord Jesus Christ. And making no... That was a good interruption. <laughs> that was good. 
Now down here in 19, darkness and night are used throughout the Bible to signify sin and evil. And it's John, we won't have to go there, John 1, 1 through 5, John 9, 4 and 5, and John 1, 1 John 1. What is the source of spiritual light? Laith, what's the source? God. Okay. What are the results? God is our spiritual light. What are the results? Mm -hmm. Fellowship with one another. Okay. Qualities of physical light. What is a quality of physical light? You can, yeah, and you can see in the darkness. Sometimes we suffer, Christians suffer darkness. If you don't know the Lord, you suffer darkness. And spiritual application there is spiritual light lights up the darkness ahead of us. We have God's light. We can see in the darkness before it overcomes us. Amen. 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 Any comments or questions about authority, spiritual authority? Yes, brother. The bottom line is uh, it's weird to suffer. Wait a minute, wait just a minute, Joe. Hang on. <laughs> Bob. <laughs> the bottom the bottom line is if we are to suffer, uh, we are to suffer for righteousness' sake. Matthew five ten says, Blessed are they which are persecuted for righteousness' sake, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. And I believe it was in Peter where it says, let no man mm-hmm. suffer as an evildoer. Right. <laughs> and so the law was made for the lawless. And if you resist the law, we read it earlier where the Bible says they've been given authority to bear the sword representative of power to carry out that law. And so we ought to uh, fear and respect the law. Yes. yes. Because it's God-ordained. Amen. Praise God, brother. By the way, next week, folks, Lesson 26 with Brother Bob, the failure of human judgments. Is that right, Bob? That's Praise God. Amen. So everybody be sure you tune in. It'll be a blessing. It'll be good. The failure of human judgments. Boy, there's one. A lot of questions on that one. Amen. Any other comments or questions? Don't miss it. It's good. <laughs> <laughs> Again, welcome, Caleb. Good to have you, buddy. Okay. So, <laughs> is that it? Okay, <laughs> we're going to uh, pray before we are dismissed, and everybody come back next week, have a good time in the Lord, and Lath, you need some eye drops, buddy. <laughs> okay, Pastor, you want to pray before we go? Okay. Give, give Pastor Aaron a hand. Amen. grateful that God has teachers doing things, he's growing and building. Uh, we're going to pray for Lace Eyes and pray for everyone as we get ready to go. Um, Amen. Have a wonderful Sunday. Thank you for those of you
come to Bible study and interact. That's a, I knew tonight would be a quiet night um, because our culture is above authority. <laughs> and nobody wants to hear that you need to humble yourself and submit yourself to authority and your opinion doesn't matter. That's nobody true. No. <laughs> you know, it's, For God's it's, sake and caution. Yeah, it's just, yes, sir. Yeah, it's, it's just not a fun, it's not a fun <laughs> type, of, type of deal, but it's a necessary type of deal. Yeah. I can personally say I bit my tongue quite a few times in my day. Me and too. <laughs> if, if you don't, you reap consequences you, you really don't have to reap. Uh, because sometimes you can't see because when God lines people up, he's lining them up in front of you. Mm -hmm. And you can't understand the decisions that they're making, but that's because you can't see what they see. Right. Behind them. And if you try to get in front of them, you get out of place. Yeah. Um, one thing, and I'll, I'll let you go, the, the word submission is a military term in the Bible. Yep. Um, they had what you call a turtle in the Roman, in the, in the Roman phalanx. And what that would do in the military, they would stand side by side and shoulder to shoulder. Uh, and what they would do is put themselves in a square. So they had shields on the front, they had seals on the right, and the people in the middle would put their shields on top. So no matter what you did, and you shot arrows, you could not shoot them. Wow. And so the <laughs> only, what they would do then is one person would move his shield to the side, and the people behind him would then jab out with the javelin. It was, and that, that's why the word submission is a military term. When it says, wives, submit yourself to your husband, submit to the authorities. Because what happens is, if the person behind you says, I should be in the front, and he pushes that person out of the way, the whole shield is broken and everybody dies. Yep. So submission means I have just as much power as the person in front of me, but so that we can all win, I move to the back. I play my part. Yep. And I willingly do it. And that's why a lot of homes are out of order. That's why a lot of churches are out of order. That's why countries are out of order because we don't learn how to submit because we don't realize that submission is a blessing for us. Yeah. It's a protection for us. And when yep. we get out of our assigned space, not only do we hurt ourselves, but we hurt those who are around us. Amen. So that's that's something. So Pastor Ernie, I, I guess I just put another nail in. That that would feel good. But at the same time, <laughs> that, that's that's an interesting fact and something to know. Go back and look up the Roman turtles, yep. turtle, the the turtle formation. That that's how Rome conquered the modern world. Submission. Yep. It is. <laughs> And, and, and so I can guarantee you, if you're having problems on your job, it's probably not your boss. It's submission. Submission. There you go. Kids, if you're listening, if your life seems unfair, you have a problem with your parents, it's probably not your parents. You have a problem with submission. <laughs> if you have a problem in your marriage, it's probably not your spouse. You got a problem with submission. And it's hurting you. So... Let's pray that God blesses us. We're so yes. grateful for everything. See, I told you it's just going to stay quiet tonight. It's not a shout tonight, but that's okay. <laughs> <laughs> it's, not a, it's okay. My toes hurt too. So uh, <laughs> I'm going to pray uh, and, and let us get out of here. Um, thank you for all those of yeah. you who are online. I saw people visiting online. People hop in and people hop out. Uh, we're grateful for those of you who yeah. are following us online. Uh, be sure to come in every week. Get ready. If you haven't gotten your Galatians books and you need to, let us know. Uh, let Brother Dave know, and we, maybe we can get together and get them uh, or get them ordered and things like that. Uh, God, we thank you for this time. Uh, we thank you, Lord God, 
for your word and our ability, Lord God, to come into this place and learn your word. And I pray our hearts are, are pliable and submissive to your word and that we'll make this applicable to our everyday life, that not tomorrow but today, Lord God, we'll come out and we'll learn to submit to authority. We'll submit to our parents if we have them, if we're blessed to have them. We'll submit to our spouses, one to another if we have them. We'll submit uh, to authority around us and receive the blessings that you have for us in our life. We give you praise and thanks for that. Now cover these, your people, in your care and keep them safe uh, until we return again. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Amen. Somebody give God a hand clap of praise. Sir.